This podcast is brought to you by Online Retailer, Australia's leading retail tech conference, expo and networking organisation. Recorded at the Online Retailer Conference in 2016, here we chat with world-class digital leaders to bring you industry insights, practical examples and actionable ideas from our incredible community of retail renegades, marketing masters and creative entrepreneurs who all want to do retail business big. We want to extend the conversation after the event and to keep exploring where the future meets retail. So let's talk shop. Hello and welcome to the Online Retailer Podcast. I'm Kylie Lewis and in this episode I have the pleasure of speaking with Lana Hopkins who's the founder and CEO of Monpurse. So welcome Lana. Thank you, Kylie. Great to be here today. Very excited. Yeah, it's fantastic. Now, Lana, um, I'd like to start our conversation with just getting to know a little bit more about Monpurse and what it does, and also what you do there and how you actually came to to start such yeah, an amazing no, definitely. company. Definitely. It's actually my most favorite conversation so I could talk about <laughs> oh, it for hours. Um, so essentially, Monpurse is every girl's dream. It's essentially all about being able to design your perfect handbag or leather accessories. And um, we actually started when I personally had the problem of not being able to find the perfect handbag. And I don't know if you relate, but absolutely. have you ever sort of run around a shopping center or looked online and you can't find the bag that's just right for you? Yes. Um, the color's not right, or the size, or the texture, or lining, what have you. I'm a big lining girl, I've got to say. Lining, exactly. So lining's my thing. Yeah. Lining, you can literally line your bag in whichever color you like. Brilliant. So, you know, and that's something that's actually quite big. People People tend to go for bright colors, yellows and reds, and there's some really exciting designs. Well, just so you can see what's in your bag. And exactly. It's not just a black hole. Like, <laughs> I need a lighter color lining for the crap that I carry around. I need to see what's in there. So. Exactly. So that was it. So it kind of started from a personal problem. Mm. I wanted to have the perfect handbag. That was my dream. And so I think I turned that dream into a reality, not just for me, but for others as well. Thank you. <laughs> so how did you actually get to to do to make it happen though like it's a it's a big thing to have a dream but actually to make it to reality what were you doing while you were kind of getting this off the ground or beforehand no of course so I actually come from a media background um, I used to work at News Limited um, on the magazine's title so Delicious, Donahue, MasterChef etc um, so that was me but back in 2014 um, as I've just mentioned I was running through Bondi Junction looking for that perfect handbag that didn't happen but what did happen on that day is I created a teddy bear I went up to the teddy bear design your own teddy bear factory up in the Westfield shopping center and I spent an hour and I'm a time poor person literally going from station to station building the most perfect gorgeous fluffy teddy bear I planted his eyes his nose his heart his soul he had a birth certificate it is the most incredible experience of my life. And they I have thought, little messages that you can put inside the bear. I know, yeah, I know, yeah, I know. Yeah. And for me, it was like, oh my God, this bear has soul. <laughs> like, that is cool. Um, and so I thought, well, if you can do that and you can design your own shoes, why can't you design a perfect handbag? And so the idea was born. And I traveled over to Europe and I saw different factories and I didn't come from a manufacturing background um, but for me it was all about going in the journey and smelling the leathers and you know playing with different shapes and saying okay I think this is what women want and then coming back to Sydney and getting together with my tech team and um, building a really cool platform 
with an intuitive, easy to use 3D bag builder, which would actually allow you to see what that perfect handbag would look like mm. once you've designed it. So that was me. Fantastic. And so how did you go about assembling a team? Like if you've got a media background, how did you even know where to start to, to pull this, you know, the solution together? Of course. Look, um, I was fortunate enough to always kind of have a really strong interest in technology. That's a personal passion for me. Um, and I've surrounded myself with people who love tech, build tech, talk about tech. Um, in particular, I had some good friends at the Sydney Fish Burners community, um, which is essentially where a lot of startups come from. And the amount of things that I learned from some of the most incredible minds there was absolutely astonishing. So I think a big thing is really injecting yourself into that startup community or into any community which will foster and facilitate whatever it is that you're trying to learn. Be inquisitive ask questions, not one, not two, but thousands, hundreds, spend hours listening to people and you're going to learn so much. It's all about networking and understanding what it is that you're trying to solve because essentially if you break it down into little steps, it's actually a lot easier than you think. Mm, fantastic. So through that community, did you tap into investment or have you bootstrapped or if you, you know, is it family and friends? Have you got angels around you? How, how do you actually go to build that platform? Because there sure. would be a sizable investment into something that you've built. Yeah, no, definitely. So um, obviously we're all about momentum and fast growth and that doesn't come without capital. So absolutely. Um, initially we bootstrapped for the first sort of couple of months and then we um, raised capital from family and friends sort of angel investor um, and that got us through to 2015 to 2014 to 2015 we raised um, a significant amount in our angel investment in at the end of July last year and we've just closed off a 3.1 million um, series A um, that was a couple of weeks ago so that those were the steps that we had to take but we have to really justify and validate. So initially it was an MVP. Show me how this works. Is there traction? Do customers want to do this? Is there a market for this? That was the initial raise. Then the second raise was, okay, well you validated that there's interest. People do actually really want to do this, but now you need to scale it a little bit. You need to be able to build the tech, hire a team, um, you know, set up the manufacturing process. And then sales literally had double, if not tripled, growth um, month on month in terms of sales. And then numbers speak for themselves. It's about being able to demonstrate that, hang on, this thing has legs. It's mm. worth investing in. Mm, so. Absolutely. And are you global at the moment or is it just Australia only? We're selling to 33 countries worldwide wow. online. Amazing. Um, and we are just about to um, confirm partnerships in New York and London, which is exciting, but global is very much on the cards for 2016. Fantastic. So when you're talking about partnerships, um, that sort of leads us into the discussion where at the moment you all, you have started the approach is a pure online play and but that has changed or that's modified or evolved over time so what, what's the model looking like now so it's 50 50 um at the moment so it's essentially we started out as omni i'm sorry as, as um, online only and that quickly became offline as well so the two work together in tandem because what you've got to think about, you've got to stop sort of thinking about online and offline and start thinking what is it really about. It's about the customer. You need to be as customer centric as possible and provide people with what they want, when they want it and how they want it. And use those platforms and also use social and use any other customer interaction to actually bring that customer what they want, give them the experience that they will never forget. 
So for us, they work hand in hand and we don't look at them as separate silos. Mm-hmm. There's no sort of divide between where one ends and the other starts. Mm. So you started out as pure play. Yes. So at what point, where did the tipping point come to say, I think we need a, a, a real life store? Definitely. So actually, this time last year, we were here at the online retail conference and we met Richard Umbers from Maya. And we started chatting about potentially what a Maya slash one purse partnership would look like. Um, And at the same time, I actually met Andy Dunn, who spoke here. He was from Bonobos. And I asked him, I said to him, Angie, if you had your time again, what would you do differently? And he said, you know what, if I could do this all over again, I would have opened a store in Soho and learned from my customers. And that's exactly what we did. We opened a flagship store in Paddington and the number of pivots that came from that were unbelievable. At the same time, the My Deal came off, which was initially just a pre-Christmas concession in my Melbourne sales were absolutely phenomenal and so they said to us why aren't you in sydney and then that obviously happened just before christmas as well january this year they said okay you guys are one of the top performing brands here at maya we need to make sure that we can lock in a five-year mutual uh, yes five-year mutual deal with you guys for a permanent rollout for eight concession stores around the country mm-hmm. and essentially that's what happened so we started to notice that you know both our online and offline were working hand in hand and specifically what that means is we open a mile location in melbourne all of a sudden you've got an increase in sales in that particular city as well so it's a knock-on effect yeah so how does that work because it sounds like you're custom made you're made to order so did you have a, a stock range made to to put into your physical stores that you then monogram or what's the mix of an in-store experience yeah look monogramming is is just just a part of what we do the actual disruption and innovation comes from not holding stock and the fact that you know people come into stores they smell the leathers we've got beautiful hunting leathers we've got hardware it's like you've come to an art gallery to create your masterpiece there are shapes to look at and be inspired by you're roaming around the stores with your ipad designing your perfect bag looking at inspiration such as the hardware the leather the lining other shapes that people have designed and then that is processed and you get your perfect bag within four weeks, which is custom made in our European atelier. Mm-hmm. I cannot stress the importance of that enough. It's the quality that we're all about. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, we also have a very limited range of stock, which is on a two-week cover, which is tiny. Um, and what that's about is, you know, we use data to determine what are the key products that people want in the small leather goods category. So for example, pouches, card holders, etc. We have them in the colors which are constantly selling out, which can be monogrammed on the spot. And that's what I mean by it's getting what you want, when you want it, and how you want it. You can customize as much or as little as you want. Monogramming is just a very small, tiny part of customization, and then it can go all the way up to designing that perfect handbag. And we offer everything from the top to the bottom. So the Christmas experience, the, so the testing ground that you had both. Maya, it was both. Yeah. Yeah, yeah fantastic. So taking, taking that one step further now um you mentioned just previously that you're looking at partnerships overseas in in london and new york so are you looking for that similar kind of arrangement exactly we're looking for a maya style concession deal over there as well um particularly to launch our collaboration with harper's bazaar new york editor laura brown who has designed her own collection which is fully customizable on our 3d bag builder coming soon 
Um, yes, so that's sort of what's happening. Fantastic. So do you think having your media background has helped, you know, get into with the likes of, um, you know, influential magazine editors? Um, I think that, you know, the, gra- the training and the grooming that you get from a media background, it's all about knowing how to be highly resourceful and it's all about always looking at, you know, different opportunities and collaborations and being quite a creative and lateral thinker. I think that I don't think that that specifically leads you to those people. I think that you need to be highly proactive and that's something that I acquired from that charm period. Yeah, excellent. Now, you've only been in business a relatively short amount of time, um, but you, you're experiencing phenomenal growth and, and you've been flagged as, as somebody to watch in this space. What do you attribute your growth to? I think that definitely, without any doubt, it's about the people. It's about the team that you have around you. There's only so much that you can do on your own. It's definitely about having an innovative product um, and creating not just, I mean, my post is not about a product. It's about you. You are my post. It's what you want. It's creating an experience that you will never forget. And the third part is definitely being able to be agile and adapt quickly, particularly to the changing retail landscape. Mm, yeah. So in terms of the specific the specifics around marketing and getting your, your brand out there, what have been some of the big successes that you've had or the big wins? Um, I think, you know, you've got to be as authentic and as organic as possible. And my purse really positioned itself as a brand authority. Um, it's about collaborating with influencers who represent your brand um, and having a genuine connection. We're not about going out there and paying every single collaborator to collaborate with us. We're about finding people who are the Montpose ethos, who live and breathe, who are our DNA, who love the product and work proudly and passionately. And I think the consumers are smart as well. They know when somebody's really connected with that product as opposed to a paid post. Mm. Um, so that's been key. I think word of mouth is absolutely crucial and pivotal. And that is why our focus is on providing a really high quality product which people can be proud about. And imagine you've designed your perfect bag, it arrives in this gorgeous black box, tissue paper, dust bag, you unwrap it, what's the first thing you're gonna do? You're gonna Instagram it. You're going to tell your friends about it. You're going to fall so in love with it that you're going to wear it proudly everywhere you go. So that's really big, that's essential to everything that we do. And of course, then looking at other strategies, I mean, digital strategies are so super important, but at the end of the day, it's about content creation and high quality content, which people can really engage with and say, yes, that's me. I see myself in that brand. So. Yeah. And do you, do you do the content creation yourself? We do. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. In-house. And yeah. what kind of things do you find that really resonate or connect with your audience? Um, I think that it's all about premium imagery. Um, it's about, you know, having really beautiful, stylized experiences and people, we are visual Um, whether we like it or not. Um, It's really all about being able to sort of picture yourself with a certain design because not everybody is a fashion designer. So for us as a brand, it's highly important to actually be able to provide visual references as to what some really cool um, designs might look like. Like I mentioned the bag with, you know, yellow lining, red lining, etc. when we first started chatting. And imagine if you had that visual aid via Instagram or via the website. And you can really start to understand that the opportunities are endless, but the support is right there. So it's about being a financial consumer. Mm, fantastic. And so what do you see as the next kind of iteration or where are you going to next? Um, I think for us, obviously, obviously um, the global expansion is key and that's what it's all about. Um, technology is the driving force behind everything that we do. So it's about really continuously improving that user experience, making it as seamlessly integrated as we possibly can. 
um, and we're moving all barriers to the customer's pathway to purchase. Essentially, for example, virtual reality could be a big part of where we go. It's about being able to visualize that perfect bug on you. How does that work with your outfit, etc.? So being as innovative as possible. Yeah, fantastic. Well, thanks for dropping by and having a chat with us today, Lana. It was fascinating to see from where to go the, the story behind the scenes and all the best for the big international scene. Thank you so much. So lovely to be here. Thanks for listening. If you've loved what you've heard today, make sure you're subscribed at onlineretailer.com.au to be the first to know about Australia's best e-commerce events.